Good morning, everybody. My name is Debbie. I'm part of the team here at Faith City Church. Believe it or not, it's Mother's Day. Some of you are celebrating for the very first time, and we congratulate you. Some of you are still waiting on your first Mother's Day, and we pray with you. Some of you have been celebrating or celebrating Mother's Day for many years, and we celebrate with you. And this year, maybe you're missing your mom for the first time, and we mourn with you. I can tell you that whether it's your first Mother's Day or your 50th, we've probably never had a Mother's Day quite like this one. It's different than any that I've celebrated before. If someone had told me last year that Mother's Day 2020, or even last month, that Mother's Day 2020 was going to be spent like this, I probably would not have believed you. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. We're physically distanced from each other, from our friends and from our family members. We, we won't be able to go out for lunch today to celebrate moms. I pray that you don't have to do dishes today if you can't go out to eat. Maybe in this season you're now not only a full-time mom, but you're working full-time from home. You're trying to teach your kids as they're being homeschooled and keep your household running smoothly. I want you to know that we applaud you today and we appreciate you so much. We're praying for you and we wish you a happy Mother's Day. May you be blessed today and know that you are appreciated so, so much. Believe it or not, this is our ninth week of doing online church. If somebody had told me at the beginning of the year that, that we would be in this season still right now, I would not have believed them. Some are saying that this could continue to last for quite some time. Some are saying that restrictions are going to be lifted soon. I don't know who to believe. But I do know that we're here, we appreciate that you've joined us, and we're so glad for technology today that we can still continue to have church and join together. Believe it or not, during this time of pandemic, our lives as Nova Scotians have changed forever, with multiple tragedies hitting our province time and time again. And through it all, we see people who have become stronger who are pulling together and helping each other more than ever before. Believe it or not, there's always more than one way to look at the situations around us. We'll always be able to find someone to give a report on one side of a story and somebody else who gives a report on the same thing that seems completely contradictory. I remember when Glenn was serving as a firefighter and medical first responder, he'd come home from an accident or an emergency, and then later on when the news would come out, he would go, was, was it even the same event that I was at? Because the story would seem so different from what he had witnessed. How to know whether to believe it or not. I want to take a few minutes this morning and look at some scriptures. And an example of choosing whether to believe it or not when it comes to the reports that we receive. If you have your Bibles, turn to Numbers chapter 13 and hold your spot there for just a moment while I give a little bit of background. In the book of Genesis, we read about a man named Jacob, who God told that where he was traveling through, God would give that land to his family and all of his descendants. 
and that all the families of earth would be blessed through Jacob and his family. In Exodus, Jacob and his family leave where they're living because of a a horrible famine, and they move to Egypt, um, where his son Joseph was, to escape that famine. Pastor Corey told us about that last week. Fast forward to Exodus chapter 6, when God tells a man named Moses that he's going to deliver Jacob's descendants who had been in Egypt for over 200 years. They had become slaves there because their population grew so much that they outnumbered the Egyptians. And God told Moses that he's going to be the one to deliver this nation of people out of the hands of the Egyptians, out of slavery, and deliver them back to the land that God had promised Jacob back in Genesis. They end up taking the long way round, and we end up in Numbers chapter 13, when Moses and the Israel, Israelite nation finally arrive at this promised land. So I'm going to read from Numbers chapter 13, verses 25, to Numbers chapter 14, verse 9. Believe it or not, this is their report. So God had directed Moses to send 12 spies into this land that he had promised them. So here's their report that they brought back. Numbers 13:25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. They actually brought back a cluster of grapes, which we would picture to be about this size, that was so large that it took two men carrying it on a pole to bring it back. That's the size of the crops in this land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit that it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. I'm going to skip down to verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread a bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people that we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Chapter 14. It says, then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader. And go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. 
And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. These 12 men all went into the land that God had promised to their people. All saw the same things. But 10 of these men allowed their opinions to overtake their faith, while two allowed faith to clarify the facts. 10 allowed their opinions to overtake their faith, while two allowed faith to clarify their facts. The facts were it was a bountiful, rich country. The towns were strongly protected, and the people were big. All 12 of the men agreed on these facts, but they differed on their opinions and their faith. Think about it for a minute. When we find ourselves on the brink of something beautiful that God wants to bring into our lives, do we allow our opinions to overtake our faith? The scouts saw a land that was rich and beautiful and abounding with great crops. And believe it or not, just like the Israelites, God has a rich, bountiful inheritance for each one of us. John chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 from the Passion Translation. Jesus says, I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, satisfaction. I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you could expect. Life in the fullness until you overflow. Do you believe it today? This is the word of God. As the church, we believe that it is true and factual. But we have a choice to either allow our opinions to overtake our faith or to allow faith to clarify our facts. Let me say it again. We have a choice to allow our opinions to overtake our faith or to allow our faith to clarify the facts. When you read a promise like this, do you think, who am I to receive that blessing? That might be for somebody else, but I'm not worthy to have that life that you described. I don't think it's a promise that's for me. I, I can't expect that overflowing life that you described. I want to challenge you not to let those opinions overtake your faith regarding the life that God has planned for you. In Numbers 13, 32, we read that the 10 said, the land that we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who lives there. That was their opinion overtaking their faith. In chapter four, verse seven, Joshua and Caleb said, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Nobody was disputing that. That was a fact. And in verse eight, they said, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. Their faith clarified the facts. Believe in faith today that God wants you to be living an abundant, more than you expect life. Okay, Debbie, but what about when there's giants 
surfacing in my life, real giants, because believe it or not, they come. It's a fact. All of us will face the giant of an unexpected diagnosis for ourselves or one of our loved ones, or the loss of a job, or, or maybe the breakdown of a marriage. These types of facts cannot and should not be denied. But will we let our opinions overtake our faith, or will we let faith clarify those facts? The 10 scouts in verse 33 said, We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Yes, there were giants, real giants, strong giants in the land that God had said was theirs. But they let their opinion that they were too small and too insignificant to overtake their faith. Look at how Joshua and Caleb responded to this same fact in chapter 4, verse 9. They said, do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Joshua and Caleb allowed their faith to bring clarity to the facts. It was clear to them that they did not need to fear because God was with them. Believe it or not, you can have that confidence in facing your giants too, because the Lord is with you. You do not need to fear. Psalm 23, 4 says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. These are the promises of God. Believe it or not, when we are facing giants, we have the Lord with us. We do not need to be afraid. Allow faith to clarify the facts. We do not deny the facts, but we also do not discard faith. We discard opinions. We keep faith. The fact was the, rich, the land was rich and bountiful, but they discarded faith in the promise that God would deliver it to them. Have faith that God will bring you to the promises that he's given you. The fact was that the towns were well protected, but they discarded faith in the mighty hand of God to deliver. Have faith that God is strong enough to break down any walls before you. The fact was there was giants in the land, but they discarded faith in the God that they had already seen miraculously deliver them from the hands of the Egyptians. Have faith that God is greater than any giant that you can face today. We don't deny the facts that are in front of our faces, but we also do not discard faith in our one true God. We must allow faith to bring clarity to the facts, putting them in their proper perspective. What are your facts today? Are you sick? Let your faith declare that God is your healer. 
Are you jobless? Let your faith declare that God is your provider. Are you lost? I'm here to tell you today that God is your savior. Moms, are you at home and the kids are just driving you crazy? Let faith say, I'm going to use this time to deepen these family relationships, to build stronger relationship with my kids that will last throughout the decades. What are our facts today? We're in the middle of a pandemic. But faith says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, pandemic or not. Our facts are is that Nova Scotia is now known as the place of Canada's worst mass shooting. But faith says, faith says it could also be the epicenter of the greatest revival of the 21st century. facts are, maybe we're all going to come out of it with COVID-19 haircuts, but faith says that this too will pass. <laughs> Do you know what happens when we discard faith? When we allow our opinions of ourselves, our opinions of our giants, our opinions of the facts to overtake our faith? Numbers 14.4 says, Then they plotted among themselves, let us choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. When we let our opinions overtake our faith, we go back. We go back into slavery. We go back into addictions. We go back into fear, into bitterness, into lies, into whatever it was that God has set us free from. The Lord had delivered them out of slavery, miraculously fed them in the desert, led them by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and yet they allowed their opinions to overtake their faith enough to want to go back into slavery. Just like the Israelites, God has set us free, and we can respond in faith. Faith does not take us back. Faith moves us forward. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that God allowed to set foot in that promised land because of their good report, because they did not discard their faith. Their faith clarified the facts. Yes, it's true, but my God is bigger. The fact that God had called them and he still calls us today. The fact that he was with them. And he is still with us today. The fact that he was fighting their battles. He had been. He would continue. And he is fighting our battles today. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 to chapter 4 verse 2. says, be careful then dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful till the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. 
And who was it that rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people that Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So that we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Chapter 4 starts with God's promises of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news, that God has prepared this rest, has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. They didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. That was Joshua and Caleb that listened to God. They allowed their opinion, the others allowed their opinion of the blessing that God wanted to give them, their opinion of the ability of God to bring it to pass, their opinion of the size of their giants, and even how others saw them to overtake their faith. I pray for you today that you will allow faith to clarify the facts. It is a fact that you are loved by God. It is a fact that you are called by God. It is a fact that he has an amazing, rich, purpose-filled life planned for you. It is a fact that he will never leave you alone. I want to pray for you today. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that we can apply it to our lives today. God, that we can take these things that were learned, Lord, by, by these people so long ago. But God, that you make it alive and rich and purposed for us today. God, I pray for those that maybe have been allowing their own opinions or opinions of others to overtake their faith. God, maybe, maybe they've heard facts, Lord, that scare them. Lord, that they're tempted to, to discard faith because it seems like the facts are too much to handle right now. God, I pray that you would bring increased faith, Lord, that you would bring clarity to the facts. God, those that need healing, Lord, that you would be their healer. God, that those that need provision in their lives right now, that you would be their provider. God, those that feel bound and caught by something, Lord, that you would Bring them freedom, Lord. God, increase our faith. Increase our faith, oh God. Let us keep opinions in the right place, Lord, that it's only an opinion. It is not true, Lord. Help us to have faith in the promises that you've given to us, Lord. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you're watching this message today and, and you're thinking, but, but I don't have faith in God. Well, I pray today that you'll understand that the word of God is something to be believed. That we do not have to question its validity like we do different reports that might come to us and choose whether to believe it or not. That you'll know that God's word is truth. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 tells us that faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. 
This good news is that God loves you so much that he sent his son to pay the price for your sin so that you could be restored to eternal life with him forever. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. If you would like to be able to claim this faith as your own, I invite you to pray the following prayer along with me or something like it. And then please let us know. Either go to our website or, or some, make a comment in the chat section today and uh, let us know that you've decided to claim this faith as your own. All you need to do is to pray something along these lines. God, I recognize that I have tried to do this life my own way. And I've let either my own opinions or the opinions of others, Lord, to, to just draw me the wrong way. God, I admit that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. But today, God, I choose to believe in you. I choose to believe that the Bible is your word. I choose to believe that Jesus is your son and that he died to pay the price for my sin. God, I ask you to come into my life, to take that sin away. God, restore me to a right relationship with you. God, I accept this gift and I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.